Uh, greetings and salutations, members of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and of course, watchers of the Top 20. Today is July 6th, two days after America declared its independence. Well, two days in like several years, yeah. <laughs> I always love patriotic posts about what, you know, especially from the Florida Republicans, my current favorite group of people that don't know anything about anything, uh, talking about what July 4th and Independence Day was. And I just saw a bunch of posts, even just trying to change my cover photo of uh, yeah, Independence Day, never forget. It was a bunch of people that refused to give up their guns and refused uh, refused to pay their taxes. Like, dude, that's not what it was. First of all, everybody needed guns back then. And the main reason we have guns now and the Second Amendment, uh, it's because we were uh, taken over by the British and had to fight for our independence. That's why uh, we are currently not in danger of being taken over by anybody except possibly the conservative right. But... You know, and paying taxes wasn't a problem. It was taxation without representation that was the issue. And if you want to be a complete dick about it, it's exactly what the Republicans were trying to do in North Carolina and Alabama. And even this Supreme Court smacked them down for gerrymandering because that really is representation. Uh, taxation without representation. So how about we cool it on the cool memes and gifts and stuff and let's get back to school. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Florida. I know you don't have an education system of which to speak, and you're rivaling Mississippi soon, so that's something. Sorry, I'm not in a very good mood, <laughs> and I know that's not super unusual, and I don't mean to come out swinging, but honestly, it just it's like the last thing I saw before I got here, and I'm just like, man, just... You know, there's a lot to be learned from Bambi, you know, like, especially with Thumper. Like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing. Like, that for starters. But, like, how about we expand that? If you don't have anything intelligent to say, how about you just start shutting the fuck up? Like, let's do that. God damn. The amount of stupidity out there. And I know it's getting worse, and I just try and plug in less and less and less to it. But, like, the amount of stupidity is just getting so unbelievable. Like... It's like taking pride in how dumb you are and how much you don't know. Like, that's the wrong message, man. And I realize that, you know, we've been talking about celebrating, like, athletes and, you know, uh, rock stars over, like, nerds and smart people for years. But, like, stop. <laughs> like, at some point, you just got to stop. Like, smart people are smart people. Like, those are the people you should hit your wagon to. You can always find a dumb person. There's literally always a dumb person around. I could walk out of my front door right now, and I could probably find a dumb person. Probably. I mean, they're not on my property, but they're close. Yeah, I'm already annoyed. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, like I said, it is uh, July 6th. Uh, that means uh, there is a new episode out from last week. Uh, last week's episode is out today, uh, and that's cool because that uh, is the I'm talking about like the gutting affirmative action, and I read some of uh, Justice Sotomayor's dissent opinion. Um, <clears throat> it's actually funny. Like this is something I didn't know, and this is the kind of stuff that like I'm I talk about. Like when you don't know something, like 
you can look into it, and you can look into it from reputable sources. So here's something I didn't know that I really, really wanted to look into a little bit more. So apparently California does not have affirmative action for their public universities. Again, I looked into this super briefly, so please feel free to do more research. I just did not know this. Uh, So they don't have it in California, which I guess kind of makes sense because of their their diversity lineup, shall we say, in California. It's it's a pretty diverse state. It's a huge state, so it's pretty diverse. And it's not as diverse as, say, like, you know, Wyoming or Utah. Uh, but, yeah, of course, it's way more diverse. Uh, but they do not have affirmative action for, or did not have affirmative action for their public universities. And what they said, uh, they wrote an amicus brief uh, on behalf of the universities. Uh, that were in the Supreme Court thing. Uh, university, I guess it was UNC and Harvard. Two separate cases that the Supreme Court uh, decided to hear together, which is totally fine, totally makes sense. If it's the same issue, handle it once. Supreme Court's actually, for all of its nonsense, is pretty busy and also pretty important. So, anyway, so they wrote amicus briefs. Uh, the Not SUNY. Um, UC, UC, the UC system, University of California uh, pub, public school system wrote an amicus brief. Uh, amicus brief is when you um, basically like a friend of the court, like, oh, you didn't ask for it, but here's my legal political opinion or whatever, or legal opinion, not political opinion. That's an amicus brief. So they wrote one, and they were saying basically in the time that they did not have this affirmative action that they were struggling to meet their diversity numbers. Now, you can argue what diversity numbers mean, um, but in its simplest form, it means that they did not have what they considered, the school themselves, they did not consider, uh, um, they did not have what they considered to be a fair or equal or balanced number of minorities and more importantly, disproportionately um, poorer students represented in their public universities. Now, (coughs) excuse me, one of the biggest problems they've been having with affirmative action and the reason they said uh, that we should do away with it is basically the conservatives on the court said there's no inequality anymore and we don't need to have that. It's the exact same argument they used when they gutted the Voting Rights Act not all that long ago. They said that there's no problem with minorities voting in the South so we don't need that anymore. And then immediately that year we saw eight-hour lines in Atlanta where black people go to vote. So, yeah, I mean I guess if you don't look at it and go like this like I see exactly zero inequality in this country then you too can be a Supreme Court justice, or at least a conservative. Um, but they said that they were not even able to meet those numbers of, of diversity. So that, like UCLA could not even hit numbers that it said for itself as kind of like a diversity guide, right? Like, I, And again, you can think about that however you want. But what it was saying is that if you, if you take race out of it and... To be perfectly fair, I don't think it should be race. I think it should be like your socio socioeconomic like zip code. I think it should be more important um, because, like, yes, in most of the country, the poor areas tend to be minorities, and yes, you can argue that that reason is because white people have all of this kind of legacy wealth. Uh, and, you know, while minorities have this sort of legacy poverty, and I'm not here to say that, but it's a kind of a provable sort of thing, and we go through it all the time, um, 
you know, when they when they talk about like uh, like family wealth, like generational wealth. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Generational wealth as opposed to generational poverty, right? Like it's it's actually hard to get out of both. <laughs> I mean, you see them, you see people get out of poverty, and you see people definitely get out of wealth. But like, it's it's like that is more representative, more indicative of where your education is going to come from. And the reason I mentioned that, I think I said this last week on the show. Maybe it could have been weeks ago. I honestly don't even remember. Um, yes, Chad, Michael Scott does indeed know. Michael Scott actually could probably handle things perfectly. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Uh, something, root beer, something. Um, oh, right. So, so right. So you have this 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 generational poverty that's very hard to get into. And since pu- schools are publicly funded, most public schools uh, are publicly funded. They are based on these school taxes, which are based on your property taxes, which in poorer areas are generate less money. So you take a town like this is for local Long Islanders here. Like if you take a town like Northport, your average property tax is about twenty thousand dollars for a piece of property. The reason that is because Northport has a very good school system. It's also got its own police force. I know that because I grew up there. Now, I was not a rich kid. We got to rent a lot, which was fun. Uh, but my grandparents lived in Fort Salonga, which is just on the edge. It's almost the border of Northport and Smithtown. So I got, I was able to go uh, to Northport High School. Uh, but th- that's like $20,000. But if you start looking like in some of the poor areas, like even like Hempstead and stuff like that, like it starts to drop. Like it's still New York, so don't get me wrong. Your taxes are crazy expensive, but it starts to drop really far. And then you get to places like North Carolina where your property taxes for my house would be about $1,500 a year, that is paying for all of your school taxes. So it's a lot cheaper in a lot poorer areas, right? Now, I'm not even talking about just like what what it costs to live in New York State because that's a whole other argument. I'm talking about what actually goes into your school. And so you have overcrowded school, like Hempstead. Hempstead's a perfect example. Hempstead keeps running into trouble because it's the largest town in the United States, and it has such a low school budget, and it's trying to educate so many people that people fall through the cracks constantly. Um, there's just not enough money. Like they're they're not looking for smart boards in Hempstead, if you know what I mean. Like my like our schools, like they get new smart boards every year. They've got a brand new turf field at Whitman that I even voted against because I play on that thing, or my girls play on that thing, and it was fine. It really didn't need to be replaced. They just wanted to replace it because I don't know. I guess Huntington got one. I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is, but like. You know, I've, we played soccer in places like Hempstead and Roosevelt and Freeport and stuff like that. There's not, those schools are not like bleeding money. Like, you know, they're not just like walking around with pots of gold and stuff like that. Like, that, that's not the case. And it shows because their education sucks compared to like other schools. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Unfortunately, those poorer schools tend to be predominantly minorities, which is why they were using race as affirmative action, like an, as an affirmative action criteria. Because back in the day when they started that, it was really only minorities. Now it's legit just poor people who are mostly minorities. But you can still take a look at whatever your zip code is and figure out what kind of education you got. And sure, you can absolutely make the argument that if you have like the two people, and I did this a couple weeks ago, if you have the two people that are applying for the same position in a university and they have like equal test scores, but one's from say like, you know, let's say Northport or Cold Spring Harbor or, you know, one of those, one of those really rich school areas that had smart boards, they had paras, they had, 
any sort of remedial help you can. The no gang problems and stuff like that. But then you also have somebody who's got equal test scores from, say, I don't know, Mastic Beach High School or wherever the big meth stuff always goes down. Shirley? Shirley seems like a shitty place. So how about that? Like, if somebody's coming in from Shirley and they have the same grades as somebody from Northport, guess who had to work harder to get that? The person from Shirley, because they had other stuff to overcome, like a terrible education system. They're generally a poor zip code, so they probably had a part-time job after school. Like, this is not unknowable, people. Like, you are up against really, like, well-to-do, like, lawyers and doctors and on Long Island specifically, like, hedge fund people, where their kids really don't have to do anything other than just go to school and take AP courses. AP courses that you have to pay extra money for, by the way. So who do you think is going to roll in with better stuff? It doesn't mean they're smarter. It means they had an advantage. They already have affirmative action because they're white and affluent and generally suffer from generational wealth, which sounds awful, but isn't. And that's... I feel like I talked way too much about the same thing I talked about last week, so I'll shut up. If you want to know more about that, go check that out on StrangerHood TV. That is out now. Um... They have, um, I don't know, I, I guess I guess yesterday, uh, I, I know that they were going to do on Bacon's My Podcast, they were at the Capulet Festival uh, over the weekend, so I think they were going to talk about it on yesterday's show. I really don't know. I've been super swamped here, so I haven't been able to catch up. Feel free to check all that out. Um, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like, but... There's always something big as my podcast, and that's, of course, on StrangerHood TV. On other programming stuff, and this is strictly Rebel 9 stuff, um, we're just going to, and this sounds stupid and it sucks, but like I'm backed into a corner, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, I said a couple weeks ago that we have lyric videos for Blue. We have a lyric video for Easy. We have a live from Mulcahy's video. It's not, the song's not, the music's not live, but the video is live from Mulcahy's video, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. We have all three of those videos that I was holding because I was hoping to put out a video for Side Out. That is not going to happen. So I just decided to just dump them all out and start from scratch. I honestly can't hold on to them forever. It's just going to be, it's just ridiculous. And honestly, I think I just do better with a clean slate. So we're going to see what we're going to do. So the, the Rebel 9 video schedule, Blue Lyric video comes out later today, I think at 8 o'clock tonight. I'm going to tell you now, it's not great. It's okay. It's not as good as the one that we had for uh, Keep You Near. I don't know that I'll ever see a better lyric video than that. Um, the, the woman, the young woman that made that, uh, I no longer works for the company that I was using, which is why the ones for Blue and Easy are not as good. Um, but Vanessa from VIP Music did an, an absolutely fantastic job. And I can only imagine it's because she liked the song. I find that people that are working on our material, on our material, that like it, always do a better job and that's just that just seems to be my experience i used to notice that whenever we would play like at shows uh, especially in the city all of a sudden our sound would start getting better and effects would start coming in because the dude running the board actually liked our show and would put that kind of time in uh our light show all of a sudden would get like pretty cool about halfway through our set so i've always i've noticed that kind of thing the better material we if we if we hook up with somebody that likes our material the product so that being said, the blue video comes out later today. Uh, the Izzy video, Easy Lyric video, which is m- much better in my opinion than the blue one, comes out a week from today. And that'll be on the 13th. Um, I'm going to drop the Dirty Deeds video on the 25th of July. We're going to do it as a premiere. It'll be 8.30 on a Tuesday night. Uh, we will be at rehearsal, so we will actually stop rehearsal and like kind of join in on the YouTube premiere uh, because 
that seems like a fun thing to do. Maybe people will be there. Maybe people won't. I didn't want to do it on a Thursday. I know people still go out on Thursday nights. So I did the premiere on a Tuesday. Hopefully you can join us. I will remind you, of course, before that comes out. And then, of course, in new music news, Side Out comes out on 8 23 That's August 4th, 2023. For those of you who don't speak date shorthand, um, that is the first piece of new music, new original music Rebel 9 has released since 2020. In my opinion, is the best produced thing we have ever put out, uh, just in terms of the song, the production, the, the quality of the material, the groove that it brings out. So uh, we've been really tight-lipped about it. Like, as far as I'm aware, nobody outside the band has heard it. Even though everybody's heard the song that has come to see us play live, we have not played it live in quite some time for a very specific reason. Because when you hear it, we want you to be just kind of as blown away as possible. So it doesn't have completely the secrecy that Keep You Near had, but it is a big deal. And you have not heard new music from Rebel 9 in quite some time. And I am really, really excited to bring this one out because I think it came out absolutely amazing. And... I'm psyched for that. Um, we probably will throw together a lyric video. I don't know if it'll be done before the release, but it might. If not, it's not. I, I can't keep worrying about stuff that just is going to hold me back. I just, I'm spending way too much time uh, worrying about other things and, and you know, trying to make things perfect. And honestly, it just doesn't matter. It, it never matters. It, it never, ever matters. And that was a lesson I've had to learn so many goddamn times in this business like no matter what your biggest show is it does not matter i used to tell the story about how when i when i wrote the last gdab record the whole point of writing that record was to have a song that landed on the radio landed on uh like primary rotation on a cmj station and we did that you know we did exactly that uh she saw smiles the song title track made it to number one on a CMJ reporting station, and I went down to that station, I did interviews, and I hung out, played acoustically live, and then it was a big deal, because we reported on the College Music Journal, like, that's, that's the stepping stone to Billboard 100. We did all that, and it didn't matter. And then I started asking around, and looking around, and I was seeing people that were, like, dropping all this money to get on that, that were dropping all this money to get on the Billboard charts. And then I know people that have been on the billboard charts. And the reality is, like, once you're on there, the cost and effort to maintain that, it's almost impossible. Without some serious financial backing, it is literally impossible to do it. And so I gave up. And that's why that was the last GDAV record, because I just gave up. Sat with my producer. He's like, why don't you just start writing stuff that you want to write? And I did. And then I wrote the Razorblade Diaries. And uh, I've been doing this nonsense ever since. Uh, I'm here to tell you that Side Out could very well be a huge, huge hit on something like Octane. It won't be because Jose is a star fucker and has no interest in supporting new music whatsoever unless he knows them personally. So I gave up. Like, you can't even you can't even request it. You can't even request songs on series anymore. And now that Jose like runs all those channels, you can't you can't do anything. You can't play any of these festivals unless you drop some serious money and you get some serious backing can't do that without radio play so i don't have those connections so at this point i just don't give a shit anymore that's why we play less that's why i promote less because it just doesn't matter and that sucks i'd like all these great things to happen but for why am i really gonna burn myself out for absolutely nothing oh right i just spent 15 years doing it (laughs) man i am so tired um so yeah 
So August 4th, Side Out comes out. Why that date? Because August 5th, we're going to be at the warehouse. It's going to be like our big summer show. Uh, the only show we're doing this summer, uh, at least as far as I know, we have not been asked to do anything else. Uh, so we might do some stuff. We definitely are doing stuff in October, but I have absolutely nothing um, nothing else planned for the summer. I know my band was working on some stuff. I can almost assure you nothing's coming from that. So might be a quite a quiet summer. Quietest summer I've had in probably 20 years, but that's what we're looking at. But why why 84? Because 85 is going to be the warehouse. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be us. It's going to be craving strange something heavy. Um, Pathmaker and Dino Skate Park has just rounded out the bill, so it's going to be a real honest to god sandbox sandbox event. I will be making up the uh, Facebook invite and Facebook um, all the Facebook event information today. I'll start annoying all of you and all of your Facebook and Facebook inboxes by the weekend, I'm sure, and then we'll just see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. I advise you go again. Side out will be out. The chances of us playing it live really high. We've also got a brand new cover that's just, I think, going to shock pretty much everybody, including people in the band, and it's just going to be a hell of a good time. And honestly, like, don't we need that? I know I need that. You know what else I need? I need some, like, classic REMs that, like, nobody ever until, like, just now. 